Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Pastor Laura Hutchinson from First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. And with me today is Gerald Roberts, our music director on keyboard, Annie Ingram on trumpet and percussion, and Jason Wright, our worship leader. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the season of preparation and hopeful expectation of the birth of the Christ child. We were supposed to have been worshiping today in drive-in church, but the weather has not cooperated. So that means that we missed the first lighting of the Advent wreath. You know, the wreath with the five candles in it, three purple candles, one pink candle, and one white candle representing Christ himself. Therefore, in addition to your elements for communion today, I'd like you to find, if you have one, a candle to represent that first candle on the wreath. If you can find a purple one, that's even better. The Heinz Rokas family was supposed to light our candle today, so instead you will be doing it from home. So gather your bread and your wine or your juice and place an unlit candle on your table as well and prepare yourselves for worship today. Before we begin, I would like to encourage you to think about how you express your gratitude towards God in your life. How do you live out the call to sacrifice yourself the way Christ sacrificed for us? In Christianity, one way that we live out that call is to give tithes and offerings to the church. The Bible asks us to give 10% of our income as a sign of gratitude, faithfulness, and humble thanks for all that God gives us every day of our lives. But 10% is not always possible, and so we give what we can. Whatever we give, let us give with joy and thanksgiving, and let us tell God in this way and in others how much we appreciate his love and faithfulness to us. If you decide to give your offerings to First Christian Church, you can do it in one of two ways. You can donate through PayPal by going to www.fccanniston.org scrolling down to the very bottom of the page and clicking the Donate Now button. Be sure to choose PayPal and not the credit card option. Or you can send us a check to First Christian Church, 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. You can find this information in the episode information. And now prepare your hearts and minds for worship and let us welcome in the light of Christ. And now for the lighting of the Advent wreath, the first candle. Oh God, we light the first candle of Advent. We kindle it with hope. We long for you to come to our world to break through and reign with compassion, justice, and peace. The prophet Isaiah also cried to God to tear open heaven and come down. He called God's people to do right. Isaiah called them to be refashioned like clay by God, the potter. This advent we call out to God. Mighty God, creator of the world, break through all that keeps us from you. We ask for your mercy and reform us in your image. This Advent, visit us with your justice, love, and peace. Amen. Let us sing together the hymn of praise, which you can find in your Friday Reminders email. Let's sing together, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. 
Scripture comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Please pray with me. Gracious Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, you tend to get a very different reaction from Christians when you talk to them about getting ready for Christmas than you do when you talk about the second coming, don't you? Christmas evokes feelings of warmth and safety and joy. It brings to mind favorite hymns, the story of a child's birth and a month of lighting Advent candles and reading scriptures in church. The second coming of Christ usually comes with warnings of earthquakes, fire raining down from the sky, the Antichrist, and moaning and gnashing of teeth. Not really a feel-good subject, is it? So why then does the common lectionary recommend this scripture for the first Sunday of Advent? You know, the season of preparation for the birth of the Christ child. It's a bit daunting, right? In fact, in my clergy groups on Facebook, I've seen several ministers bemoaning the fact that this is the text for this day and wondering how in the world they're going to approach it. Well, the thing is, both seasons, the season of Advent and the season of the approaching second coming, are seasons of preparation. They are times of hopeful anticipation for people of faith, and they call for similar activities on behalf of the faithful. You see, Advent literally means beginning or arrival. And so when we anticipate the birth of the Christ child during the Advent season, we are at the same time anticipating the second coming of Christ. Jesus said, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Before we even get to these words in the gospel of Mark, there are strong warnings of suffering for the followers of Christ and for non-believers alike. It's a warning of dark days and an encouragement to not give up the faith, to stay strong and stay the course, which sounds awfully appropriate to us in the world this year, don't you think? How many of you have suffered? I've heard the call for prayer from so many of you, and I know what you have been dealing with, and it is so much. And the members of this congregation are not alone, are we? The world has suffered through an historic pandemic, and so far over 60 million people have caught the virus, while almost 2 million people have died. Many of you have suffered through COVID-19 yourselves, and some of you have also lost loved ones. And as a nasty side effect of the pandemic, many of you have become so isolated. Of particular concern to me and most professionals are the elderly people who live alone, and children, teens, and college-age students who have been cut off from their friends and social lives. Issues of anxiety and depression have been at an all-time high, and so we have prayed for each other so much. When you pile onto that the hurricanes and cyclones, protests against racism in North America and Europe, the political tensions in the U.S., the wildfires in the U.S. and Australia, the flooding in Indonesia and India, the volcanic eruptions in the Philippines, the earthquakes in China, India, Iran, the Philippines, Russia, Turkey, and the Caribbean, the swarms of locusts in Asia, East Africa, India, and the Middle East, 
And as if all of that weren't enough, we have green snow in Antarctica, which is snow algae caused by warming temperatures. And many of these events have been linked to climate change. Yes, suffering is something our world has been intimately familiar with, more so in this last year than in a very long time. Well, when the writer of the Gospel of Mark put pen to paper, the people in his world were also suffering. They were living in the aftermath of a terrible war with Rome, a war that resulted in the final destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. They too knew what it was like to watch their world crumble around them and to call out to God and say, where are you? And now, as then, God comes to us in the word and says, yes, these things will happen and they will happen again until I finally return. And I am with you through it all until it is finally over. Jesus said, but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Do these events that we are experiencing and witnessing indicate the birth pangs Jesus warns us about? Are they signs that Christ is finally returning? Many believe so. In fact, there are many times that I've thought so. But chances are also that they are just another point in history that people will look back on one day and say, wow. However, we can't really know for sure, can we? And so Jesus tells us that we must remain aware because there is no telling when he will come back. In fact, even Jesus doesn't know when. And there is no need to be afraid. When you look upon the events going on around us, there is no need to fret and worry. And I'll tell you why. I like to think of it like this. <clears throat> Imagine you're anticipating a guest who will come and stay with you. Someone you're really excited to welcome, but you have no idea when they're going to arrive. There are two ways you can handle this time of anticipation. You can do nothing and assume that you'll be able to blitz around and get everything done just before your special guest arrives. Or you can make sure that every night before you go to bed, the house is picked up, dusted and vacuumed, all the dishes have been washed, there's food in the refrigerator, and there are clean towels in the linen closet, and the guest room bed is made up with clean sheets. Depending on how you prepare, you can either view the coming of your special guest with anxiety or with excitement. When you go to bed at night, do you think, please don't come tonight, I'm not ready. Or do you go to bed hoping that the guest will arrive that night because you cannot wait to show them all that you've done to make them feel special? It's the same way with Advent. It's the same with the second coming. Here in this text, Jesus tells us to remain faithfully alert. And so does the season of Advent. We are reminded that something good is coming, no matter what is happening at this moment. 
And we are reminded to do what needs to be done to be ready, no matter when it arrives. So what do we do to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ, whether we're anticipating the Christ child or the second coming? Well, I know that a lot of people are going ahead and putting up their Christmas decorations really early this year. And though I'm usually one to protest premature decorating and caroling, in 2020, I am all for it. When times are at their darkest, like they seem to be these days, we have to embrace joy wherever we can find it. And if putting up lights and playing Christmas carols and decorating trees makes our homes feel joyful and safe, then it is good. And yet, none of those activities actually prepare us for the coming of Christ, do they? Having our trees up is not a spiritual practice that puts us in the right mind to receive the love that Christ comes to offer. However, lighting Advent candles and reading Advent devotions does. Reading scripture prepares us. Helping people who are less fortunate than we are prepares us. Gathering with people of faith during this time to focus on God's promises to us, this gets our hearts ready. Listening to Christmas hymns, not necessarily carols, but the hymns, they help our hearts and minds settle into a state ready to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Getting on your knees in prayer connects you to God through Christ Jesus in a powerful way. Teaching your children about the season of Advent and what the coming of Christ means for us is a vital practice. To instill in them a yearning for Christ that will carry them through life is the most important thing a parent can do. And this season is designed to help you do it. Texts like ours today have the potential to instill feelings of fear and terror. They're the kinds of scriptures when paired with events like we're living through today, these can drive a person to build a bomb shelter in their backyard and stock it full of canned goods, weapons, and ammunition, right? These apocalyptic texts have led people to latch themselves onto manipulative people bent on exploiting their fears. And they've moved people to live in a state of perpetual anxiety. But that is not what our text or other scriptures like it were written for. No, it was written to encourage that faithful alertness I mentioned earlier. Since these words were penned, there have been thousands of times when people were sure the end was near and they were driven to actions motivated by fear. And yet what Jesus is telling us here is that there is nothing to fear if we live our lives in a constant state of faithfulness. The preparation that we practice during the high holy seasons of Advent and Lent are designed to guide us into daily practices of spiritual growth. Daily prayer, daily scripture readings, minute-to-minute -minute communication with the Lord, no matter what is happening in your life, and worshiping as often as possible. Walking each day with Jesus and teaching your children to walk with Jesus as well. These are the things that will allow you to stay ready and prepared no matter what happens and no matter when Jesus comes. Just like when you go to bed, knowing you're ready to receive your special guest in the morning, you feel the same peace and excitement when you are fully prepared to welcome the Christ child on Christmas morning or to welcome the Christ as he descends on a cloud from the heavens. Last week, 
that reminded you about my challenge to practice giving thanks every day as a way to train your mind to be more thankful all the time. And that's similar to what I'm talking about today. Advent is a time of preparation, yes. And it is also a time to train your hearts and minds to be Christ-focused all throughout the coming year, even after Christmas has come and gone. Let us prepare for Christ by practicing faithful alertness. Instead of walking through this season focused only on all of the stressful tasks we have to accomplish before Christmas Day, let us instead train our thoughts on Jesus. If we use this time to transform ourselves into people who dwell on Christ in all of life's circumstances, then we will become people who are always faithfully alert. We will be people who are always prepared to welcome Christ into the world. Amen. Amen. Let us sing together our musical meditation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Oh, we-
Preparing for the coming Christ could be compared to preparing for a feast for all your loved ones. You spend days planning and cooking and baking and setting the banquet table and decorating the banquet hall. With each ingredient that you add to a dish, you think about how happy you will be with your friends and family, finally getting to eat what you've made for them. Each dish is made with the loving excitement that builds every day before your guests arrive. Today, we celebrate the Lord's Supper, a meal that was lovingly prepared for us by Jesus Christ himself. Jesus spent his life preparing for this very moment, setting the table so that it would be ready for us when we finally gathered around it. Jesus sacrificed everything to make this meal possible, to make our lives possible, to make eternity possible, so that we can walk with faithful alertness each and every day, no matter what is happening around us. When you come to this table today, think about what went into the preparation of this meal. This bread, this wine, representing the body and the blood. Think about the effort Jesus put into getting it ready for you and for me, for every person who accepts the invitation to this beautiful banquet. When you come to this table, give thanks to our gracious host and know that everything he did, he did with love. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Please pray with me. God of love, thank you for sending us your son and for giving us this time when we can prepare ourselves for his arrival. Thank you for this lovely meal set before us and for putting into it all the work that makes it possible. Thank you for your dedication to us, your children, for your willingness to sacrifice yourself for our lives and for being willing to forgive us for our sins. You are our strength and our redeemer, and we love you with everything we have. Amen. Come and eat. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Let us celebrate everything that Christ has done by singing together, Christians all, your Lord is coming. Christians, all your Lord is coming, drawing near in holy birth. Ring the bells and sound the trumpets, let 
with your music fill the earth. Dance and move to show God's glory. Kneel and pause to hear God's word. Alleluia, alleluia. Rise and let your songs be heard. Christians, all your Lord is coming, calling you to serve indeed. See the ones who hurt and suffer, hear their cry and act with speed. Set all selfish ways behind you, purge your heart of sinful greed. All your Lord is coming He will rise up from the dead Lift the cup of sin forgiven Bless the host and eat his bread Mend the ways where peace is broken Give yourself to true shalom Alleluia, alleluia, dwell as one in church and home. Christians, all your Lord is coming. Hope for peace is now at hand. Let there be no hesitation. Walk in faith where life demands. Join me in the Litany of Remembrance, which you can find printed in the About This Episode segment of the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ, Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. My friends, as you leave this time of worship, begin your preparation for the coming of the Lord. Prepare your hearts and your minds for Christ's presence in this world. Prepare your children's hearts and minds and settle into a state of faithful alertness, always drawing closer and closer to Jesus with each passing day. Go in peace. And as we go, let us sing our hymn of sending forth, My soul gives glory to my God. Oh, 
Amen.